morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in your day, thank you for spending this time with me. Welcome to Detour Insights, where together we'll embark on a journey of self-discovery and growth. I'm your host, Angie Childers. Let's get going. When you inhale, air enters your lungs. The oxygen from that air moves to your blood. At the same time, carbon dioxide, a waste gas, moves from your blood to the lungs and is exhaled. This process, called gas exchange, is essential to life. And that's information that I got off of the National Institute of Health website. I know you're probably wondering, where am I going with this? Hang in here with me. Hopefully, I will be able to make a point that will make sense. So once we breathe in oxygen, it enters the blood where it can travel to various parts of the body in different areas where it's needed to keep us strong and healthy. Through this process, we are left with a gas called carbon dioxide. This gas is toxic to our bodies. So our bodies then carry deoxygenated blood that also contains the carbon dioxide back to the heart where it can release the carbon dioxide into our lungs for us to expel through exhaling. A buildup of too much carbon dioxide can create side effects such as shortness of breath, Mm. headaches, feeling tired and sluggish, disoriented, confusion, and depression. Our bodies can recognize when we start to have too much carbon dioxide, and when functioning correctly, it will match our breathing rate to be able to take in more oxygen and expel more carbon dioxide. When we have strong muscles, they create a good blood supply to our body that helps keep that level of oxygen high while taking away the carbon dioxide, and that's to help keep our bodies stabilized. Now, that is a very brief description of the process of breathing in oxygen and exhaling carbon dioxide. I want to try to translate that into terms that can be used to describe the process of inhaling criticism and exhaling toxicity. I want to show you how criticism is also essential to life, just like oxygen. So once the criticism enters the ear, it travels to our mind, where it is processed and bound to our thoughts to be carried to various parts of the brain. The criticism is processed in a way that we can take from it the vital information needed to grow, improve, and expand our learning. As it travels through our self-worth, when processed correctly, it triggers our self-talk, causing our self-worth to use what is essential and expel what is toxic. Positive side effects of criticism may include empowerment, courage, wisdom, strength, connection, and improved performance. However, a buildup of toxicity can create negative side effects that include doubt, fear, self-criticism, anger, defensiveness, anxiety and depression, low self-esteem, avoidance, and poor performance. When our self-worth is strong, just like when our muscles are strong, 
and we are grounded in our own belief in ourselves, it is easier for us to maintain stabilization through positive self-talk when outside criticism tries to destabilize us. Our positive self-talk can increase, just like our breathing rate can increase, to combat the toxicity helping our mind to expel that which does not serve us. I do want to clarify that even someone with a very healthy sense of self-worth can fall prey to excessive criticism. And that's why it's vital that we stay conscious of our environment and what you allow yourself to be consistently exposed to. It's one thing when you're dealing with somebody that's having a bad day and once in a while you encounter criticism that isn't really delivered in the most healthy way. But if it's a completely different story, if you are consistently exposed to it, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But for someone with an unhealthy sense of self-worth, even the slightest amount of criticism can create devastating effects. So I hope I've been able to express this analogy well enough for you to be able to make some of the connections that I did when this thought first came to me. As I've worked with teams, this has come up more than once. And it was even an issue I dealt with when I was practice manager at the clinic that I worked at. The idea of comparing criticism or taking in criticism to breathing is something that came to me several months ago. I was actually talking to my son about this episode before sitting down to record it, and he pointed out that breathing is something we do on a subconscious level, and maybe an analogy with the process of eating would be better suited for this topic since we do that on a more conscious level. My son is one that is fairly self-aware for his age and has worked to be more conscious of his thoughts and the process of taking in criticisms. So for him, the process of eating was more suited for this analogy since it's something he does fairly regularly on a conscious level. However, I believe that most of us work more on a subconscious level when we are taking in criticisms throughout our day. Sometimes we don't even realize that we that our brains are receiving criticism. We don't recognize it as criticism on a conscious level, especially as it's being processed and working its way through our self-worth. Not to mention, I told him that if I used his analogy, then I'd have to name this episode Eat and Shit, which would have probably left some of you questioning whether or not to click the play button. So... Regardless of which analogy you relate to more, the concept is the same. So let's talk a little bit more about that concept. This is a lesson that is good for those who give criticism and for those receiving criticism. And a lot of times the ones giving the criticism tend to be those in leadership positions. But for the purpose of this episode, my focus is to help you in receiving criticisms, which is something I work a lot with when I'm when I am working with teams. I work a lot with the team members, those that are being led versus those that are leading. I am debating on making this a part one. So maybe next week we'll do a part two where we focus on giving criticisms or feedback 
and that will lend more towards those that are in leadership positions. So there are three main types of criticisms, destructive, constructive, and instructive. Criticisms are basically one's opinion of either good or bad actions of someone else. These can actually, and and I want to just for a brief second, because this is more about receiving criticism from someone else, but you can actually receive criticism from yourself, which is involving a lot of that negative or positive self-talk. But again, that's for a different topic another day. I do want to note that criticisms can also be offered about a thing. But for the purpose of today's message, we are discussing criticisms received from someone else of another person's actions. Excuse me. So destructive criticisms are typically only used in tearing someone down. It may not be the intention of the person giving the criticism, but typically destructive criticism only tears down with no recognition of positive components. Instructive criticism focuses on adding information, knowledge, or even an opinion to whatever action has already been done, whether it's an action that's been done well or still needs improvement. Constructive criticisms should come with two components. Constructive criticism builds up while at the same time being willing to draw attention to a problem and working together on the solution. So the two components, one, recognition of how you are meeting expectations, and the second component would be correction of where you may need improvement. So I do want to mention that we all know the only actions that we can control are our own. So if you are the person receiving the criticism, you are probably not going to have control over which type you receive. So your power comes from how you respond to it and how well you process that which you are receiving. But again, even the healthiest self-worth, I just, I want to emphasize that because I don't ever want anyone, even if you have a strong sense of self-worth, to continuously subject yourself to destructive criticism. So even someone with a healthy sense of self-worth can eventually fall victim to constant destructive criticism. So it is important to set healthy boundaries of what you are willing to be subjected to and for how long and have those important conversations with those that may be giving the criticism. We also have to remember that how someone chooses to deliver the criticism That's a direct reflection of who they are in that moment. And I also want to emphasize that. It's a direct reflection of who they are, not you, and who they are in that moment. For example, I've received criticism from some of my favorite mentors, and I've had some good ones, that in the moment that particular criticism was delivered, it was in a destructive way and contrary to their norm. So it may have been that they were having a bad day. It may have been that the criticism 
their tone, how it came across was being filtered through an emotion from something in their personal life that they were dealing with that I wasn't aware of that has nothing to do with what they are giving the criticism of. So I had to give them grace in that moment. And you may have to sometimes extend that grace as well. But it still didn't change how I had to process the feedback. I still had to inhale the constructiveness that they intended and exhale the byproduct of toxicity. So instructive criticism can also be beneficial. It is usually given in a positive tone and with the intention to only improve what you are already doing well. Or maybe something that you need improvement on. However, if you find that you're feeling defensive in that situation, I want to challenge you that it might be time to look inward and see where you need to expel some negative thoughts or exhale some negative self-talk. So then we move on to destructive criticism, which should never be tolerated on a consistent basis. We all have our bad days, and we all say things that we shouldn't, and in a way that we shouldn't sometimes. But if you're in an environment with someone that is consistently being destructive in their delivery, then it is definitely time to have a conversation with them. And if that conversation does not initiate change on their part, then it may be time for a change of scenery. This still even with destructive criticism, it still doesn't change the process. Even destructive criticism can have lessons that are hidden within them that we can learn and grow from. But it's absolutely vital that you do not forget that next step, that you remember to exhale all negative thoughts, doubts, and fears. And you have to remember that their delivery is a reflection of them, not you. And you have to remember who you are and remind yourself you are worthy and your value does not come from them. And then we move on to constructive criticism, which, in my opinion, is the best kind to receive. It's a nice balance. So there is an, excuse me, there is an approach called the sandwich approach. And for those that may have not heard it described that way, it's basically where you start off by recognizing a positive attribute or accomplishment. Then you address the issue needing correction and you follow up with encouragement. So you sandwich the issue needing to be addressed between two positive feedbacks. For someone with a healthy sense of self-worth, this can be a great tool. However, if you are finding that you're still walking away from this type of feedback, feeling angry, deflated, defensive, or any of those negative side effects, then again, I want to challenge you. It might be time for some self-reflection. And we could talk about the thoughts that you may be allowing to build up, creating the toxicity that's creating those negative side effects, and practice more exhaling. So just like air 
is just air until it enters our body and starts the process inside of our bodies and extracts the oxygen and produces carbon dioxide, which is toxic and needs to be exhaled, the words that we receive from others are just words. It's the thoughts that we create once it enters our minds and that process starts. The thoughts that we create can become either essential to our growth and or toxic and need to be exhaled. So I haven't always had a love for feedback or criticism. I had to learn this process myself. I once was someone that had a hard time receiving criticism or feedback. It's almost human nature that our immediate response to criticism is not a healthy one until we learn to be conscious and aware of it and how we're responding and begin to learn this process. A lot of times how someone responds to criticism can look like they're not willing to take ownership. And if you know this person well and you, you know that they are of good character and of good moral value, it seems contradictive to who they are. And I want to challenge you to think about, you know, if you're the one responding that way, to recognize that that is essentially a normal response until you learn a healthier way. When we are receiving criticism, it's easy to become defensive, to either become angry. I work so hard at this. How can they just point out my flaws? So we have to learn this process of recognizing where there is something good to attain from this criticism and learn to exhale the negative. So like I said, I haven't always loved feedback. However, I've actually come to have fondness for feedback, if you will, even the kind that may not even be properly delivered. It's okay. It's okay. However, it comes to me, I'm going to take it in. I'm going to accept it and I'm going to filter it. So I find that there's always something you can learn from it, even if it's not delivered correctly. You can practice inhaling what is valuable to you from any kind of feedback and exhale what does not serve you or your growth. Whatever you choose to hang on to, it should always be empowering, encouraging, and leave you feeling more open and connected. So if you start noticing negative side effects that I mentioned earlier, it could have something to do with its delivery if the person giving the feedback or giving the criticism has not learned the proper way of doing so. But I always encourage you in those moments to self-reflect. Pay attention to where you are hanging on to the negative byproduct and the toxicity and practice more exhaling. And it may even be an indication where you might need some better boundaries or even a change in your environment. So when I talk about better boundaries, I want you to feel empowered. If someone is giving you if someone is giving you criticisms and it's not being delivered in a respectful way. Have that conversation with that person. Sit down and let them know how that made you feel and how it was delivered and that you want feedback, but it 
it needs to be delivered in a way that's respectful. And it is absolutely okay for you to set those boundaries, even with people who are in leadership over you. And like I said earlier, if it doesn't initiate change on their part, if things are not improving, you have to be willing to stand up for yourself and what you allow yourself to be exposed to, and it might be time to change your environment. So also, sometimes the things that we can learn, the lessons that are within criticisms, is not necessarily things that we need to specifically improve, but it can be a lesson in acceptance of things that we need to just accept. For example, I follow several photographers on Facebook. One of them posted recently that another photographer criticized his style, saying that it was dark and predictable. This photographer responded in his post concerning the criticism by reminding himself that he is anything but predictable. He has learned over the years how to adapt to his environment, the mood of whatever event he's photographing, and his client's needs. He challenges, his, challenges himself to learn new techniques and recognizes that he's continuing to grow as a photographer. He also has many clients and other photographers and followers, myself included, that commented on the post stating that about their admiration for his work and adamantly disagreeing with the opinion of the photographer who offered criticism that his work was dark and predictable. What this photographer gleamed from this criticism is an acceptance. What he inhaled, if you will, is an acceptance that he may not be everybody's cup of tea. And that's okay. He is strong in his sense of self-worth and knows his value does not sway with the opinions of others. He took time to breathe in and recognize and remember who he is as a photographer and exhaled the toxicity that did not serve him. So I want to take just a moment and give you time to reflect. What are some of those times in your life when you received criticism? How well did you process the criticism? How did you feel? How did you respond to the criticism? And can you reflect back and make note of where maybe you can learn more from feedback and practice exhaling the toxicity? And I do want to encourage you, this does take practice. So don't get discouraged if maybe you didn't handle some criticisms correctly. This is something that absolutely takes practice and you can absolutely improve on this and start to benefit from criticisms where in the past you would have felt defeated and deflated. This is a topic that I often work with um, individuals on in one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I work with leaders and even especially team members on how receiving criticisms. We all struggle from time to time on exhaling toxicity and remembering to learn from something that may be hard to hear. And sometimes criticisms are hard to hear. That doesn't change the fact that we probably need to hear it. I want you to take time to remind yourself, criticism is not the enemy. 
criticism is actually essential to our lives and our growth. Speaking of criticisms and feedback, I would love to hear from you. So I have finally figured out a way to give you the option to give me a little bit of feedback at the end of an episode. And I don't know yet that I'm going to do this for every episode. But this is my fourth episode, my third week, because we put out two episodes that first week. And I think it's time I want to hear from you guys. So below this episode, if you are listening to it on Spotify, so you do have to be listening to the podcast on Spotify to be able to give the feedback. Um, That is the only place right now that I was able to set it up so that you could do this. So if you're listening through my website, you can go over to Spotify and look for Detour Insights. Um, And it's the same picture so that you know you've got the right episode or the right podcast. And there is a place underneath this episode where I am able to put in a question and you are able to respond to it. I'm very excited to find new ways as we continue to move forward to interact with you. That is where I thrive. So when starting this podcast, I was a little nervous what it's going to be like talking to myself. I know there's an audience out there listening, but I, I am one that loves to sit with someone in person. I even um, struggled when I started doing Zoom for some of my sessions, which I do. I do Zoom sessions. So if you don't live in the immediate area or if we don't have a good place to meet, we can always do Zoom sessions. They go really wonderfully. I str- It was my thing that I struggled at first because I love being in person with you anytime that I absolutely can. So doing a podcast where there is literally no immediate feedback was felt like it was going to be a struggle for me at first, but I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. We're getting there, but I do want to find new ways for you guys to be able to interact with me. So for now, this is going to be one of those ways. And as always, you can still reach me at enlighteneddetour at outlook.com. That is the email address. You can always find um, ways, also find ways on my website at enlighteneddetour.com. Um, I have a phone number listed there. My email address is listed there. And I think there's even a contact form that eventually I'm going to set up an email list. If you want to be a part of that, there is a contact form um, and it will let me know that when I start up my email list that will start going out probably, I'll probably start out doing that like monthly. Then you can put in your information there and start receiving things from me monthly through your email. Okay, dear friends, I cannot express enough my gratitude to get to talk to you and your willingness to listen. I am so grateful for you. And if someone hasn't told you today, you are valued, you are worthy, and I am so grateful to have you on this planet. I want to encourage you not to avoid criticism, but welcome it. Learn from it. Practice your breathing. And if you need me, I'll be right here. 